It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Peller, and Max Escarpio, John Marchant, the three of us here. If you were listening 30 seconds ago, which you weren't, because you'd have had to hack the Zoom, I called it the forecast, but I guess things just aren't clicking around Florida State this time, right? It's just just not happening. Three straight losses. It's uh, 34-28 to Clemson. And uh, John, I, I really, I'm going to just jump immediately to you on this one because I was about to say, and I don't think it was as close as that score shows, but I feel like you disagree with me there. I do. Yes, actually. Um, I think except for uh, what they call the middle eight, which has been like the uh, term of the week this week right? on Twitter. Um, FSU, I don't, it's not just that they played toe-to-toe with Clemson they beat Clemson in every moment of this game except for the middle eight where they got annihilated 17 to nothing inside of like two minutes so yeah I do disagree because Clemson's MO this year has been to they don't do a whole lot in the first quarter right the games are typically like 10-7 or 14-7 or something like that 7-7 10-10 something like that but they poured on in the second half and that's just again you know, with Clemson going 17 to nothing, uh, bless you, 17 to nothing outside of the, uh, those, you know, those eight minutes, um, FSU really like, again, played toe to toe or, and or dominated for the rest of the game. The average more, I think I saw the average more yards per carry than Clemson has given up since the national championship game against Alabama in 2016. It's just absurd stuff. They, they, they've, out, they outgained Clemson in yards per play. 
uh, and rushing, passing, everything. So, again, this team has been, and I think this is what the topic of this this podcast is probably going to be about, is Florida State has been terrible in situational football, right? Yeah. Third downs in certain key situations when you need to have good play or at least consistently like decent average play, there you're getting the worst of Florida State. And that sucks. But that doesn't mean that Florida State is a bad team. It's just it it's the worst time to be bad, and that's when they're bad. But they're good the rest of the time. So I don't disagree. Did end up a one-score game, even though you know Clemson was up by three scores early. Uh or at one point they were up three scores, I think it was. But uh, overall, you know, I'm just not that upset. I, I think I already named the podcast episode because I was writing in the article. And uh, I, I just I, I called it so close and yet so far away. Like yeah. it, it feels like after the last three weeks, you see every reason that this program is just not quite there despite its growth. Um, and, you know, it came down to the things we kind of talked about last week. I mean, Max, it was pretty simple. We, we said before the game going in, the, the keys were don't, don't turn the ball over. And you didn't except for once in a really bad spot. And it pretty much flipped the entire game. Yeah, just not turning the ball over. I remember looking at the game and Tommy was right next to me, Tomahawk Nation writer, and we said, all you need to do is just just keep the ball within your hands. Just, just protect the ball. That's all Jordan Travis needs to do. And the only thing that happened was was a fumble there. But also another thing that we talked about before was the thing that for, has killed Florida State the entire season, which is their run defense. Has it just just Will Shipley just ran all over them, and it seemed like Clemson didn't have anything else to give. I mean, except for the the pass over Akeem Dent before it was Will Shipley all night, which Florida State definitely needs to to figure out in their run defense. Yeah, it was the one the one shot play. Well, I guess they had the two shot plays. They ran the uh, was after the kickoff, the fake yeah. reverse, kind of the same play that point. that Florida State ran against LSU in the opener. Um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of stood there with them. Like, I, and and John, I think it was a good point that they were there. It's just, I think, if you look, like I said, at the last three weeks as a whole, and we can get into the nitty gritty of this game, but it's those those little things that that end up deciding wins and losses and it's not even just like you know oh, it's a game of inches and the ball bounces or whichever way it feels like it's it wasn't even like a bounce it almost felt like they either needed a play and just couldn't get it in previous games or they just needed to not make a bad play and found a way to make it yeah i mean i think that hits the you know, the nail on the head they just I look at it. It's not really something that's explainable. It just seems to be who this team is so far it is when it's crunch time. And it, these are the critical moments of the game that decide who wins or loses force. just not making the plays. And, and I don't think it's any different in this Clemson game than the last two games against uh, North Carolina State and Wake Forest is those plays are there to be made. Florida State players are either in position, they're right there. Either they fail to make the tackle or they drop the ball or whatever the case may be. They're there. All the plays are there to be made. They're just not making them. And to me, I, I mean, some people, I think, especially after this last game, which I did not understand, because uh, if you're going to they're, they're blaming the coaches, which I don't understand. If you're going to blame the coaches, you would have done it after North Carolina State to do it now just makes me want to laugh at you because it's, it's just silly and stupid. Um 
because North Carolina State, they should have won that game, and they legitimately lost in part because of the coaches. And Max and I, you know, we talked about that quite a bit um, about some of the play calling issues and all the other stuff. But to complain about the coaches after this game, yeah, there's some situations where maybe they come a little bit predictable, but it's it's on the players. You're there. Make the play. I have a question for you, John, if Brian wants to chip in too. We talked about – we talked to Mike Norville after the game, and he talked about – just the separation that Florida State has with NC State, Wake Forest, and Clemson. Is this a, a separation of talent? Is it a play-calling separation? Or is this just like an experience separation that the other teams have more experience than them? Man, that's a fantastic question. I, I think it's a different answer for each team. I think for Wake Forest, you see program continuity hitting you in the face. You see a team that's an experienced team that you aren't, a team that's got – a scheme, a quarterback who understands it, knows how to execute it in a way that you simply just can't. And it's just, they are, they're not, I don't think much more talented than you if they are at all, but they, the level of execution is better. Uh, I think when it comes to NC state, it's pretty close on talent. I would say I, I would, I would presume they're probably more talented, but with Leary hurt, I guess you could probably put a question mark on it. Um, you know, and then I think Clemson, you're just not close on talent. I just think they can continue to go to the bench and grab guys who are better than what you have. Um, I mean, if you wanted to say that the NC state game is coaching again, I was out of the country. I didn't see it. Um, what I saw was highlights and, and, and clips here and there that I saw right before we jumped on the pod. Cause I had just gotten home, but I mean, I think it's different answers for each team. I, I think if you look at each one, it's, it's different forms of missed opportunities and, you kind of got to see the many different ways that this program still has to grow. And John, I, th I think you were nodding in agreement there. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, at first I was just going to say experience across the board, but I think when you broke it down like that, it's, it's not a whole lot to disagree with. Um, it, it, the most frustrating part is this is not an across the board thing, right? Against Wake, it was the first half, but most specifically the second quarter. It was NC State. It was the entire second half. And then again, like we talked about already, Clemson, it was the middle eight minutes of the game, right? The last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of, of the second half of the third quarter. They're just, they're bad. They just, they don't show up. They're not there. And yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian. I think a lot of it is experience, but it is definitely different reasons for different teams. Um, you know, the overall part, again, doesn't fit NC State, but the overall part between Wake Forest and Clemson, those teams have been there recently, right, where Florida State wants to go back to. They've been there. They understand how to win these games against top 25 teams. So, and I, kind of, I think I kind of tweeted this over the weekend, but but if there's 65 Power 5 teams, I would put Florida State somewhere between 20 and probably 30, maybe 35, right? They're, they're an above-average team, Um are they a good team? You could argue that either way, but they're definitely above average team. Are they a very good team? No. Are they a great team? Definitely not. But they're somewhere between that 20 to, to 35, 30 range. And it's just, again, we, we hoped and thought that they might win one of these last three and they should have won the North Carolina state game. It is just, it still defies logic and reason that they lost that game. But sitting here 0 oh, and 3 after them, and, you know, you go from uh, 4 and 0 oh to 0 oh and 3. It's not, it's not horrible. It's what most of us thought was going to happen. But what sucks so much is that they've been so competitive in all three games. Yeah, and Max, we, I guess did you have an answer to your own question? Or was it a, was it a, was it a genuine? Just I don't know. I'm curious. 
I was going to go with experience before, and then you came out with just a beautiful slate of answers for, for all. <laughs> I just had to agree. Well, I guess my my question to come back to you would be, um, and I and I take this one out of our out of our Slack conversation in, in Tomahawk Nation group, and I forget who asked it, and that, that's on me, but. Um, it might've been Ben. So I, uh, apologies if it is Ben or if it isn't Ben or whoever it may have been, but, um, do you look at it as, and John, you said you were a couple bounces, a couple of plays in each of these three games from winning any of them. Um, but his point was you could also flip that on its head and say, you're a couple plays away from your first three. Uh, well, I guess not Duquesne, but your, your, your other games, uh, LSU maybe goes for two and beats you. Uh, or, or Louisville doesn't throw a pick on their last drive and beats you, uh, where you're maybe that close to being in a totally different spot than you think you are at this point in the year. Do, do, do you think this team is one way or the other, or is it just kind of more down the middle? Um, I think it's just – Go ahead, Max. For, the, for those four first four teams, Duquesne, LSU, even LSU, for Duquesne, LSU, Louisville, you're better than those teams. So that, that puts you in the edge in the fourth quarter, that puts you in the edge of whatever you need to do to win that game in the situational circumstances. But obviously for those three, these three teams that they face, you're not better than them talent wise. They have more experience than you. They have a coaching staff that's probably been there longer than you guys. So to me, it's just, it's a different factor to the teams they've played in their first four games and to the the teams they played right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I um, I don't know. It's We're talking about a play here or there. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to verbalize how I feel about this team. I know that they're a good team, right? I watch them. I know they're a good team. They have the talent on, on a receiver. They have the talent at quarterback. Uh, they're very solid on defense. You could argue they're too uh, conservative on defense. Again, the safety play was was pretty good all year, except for the last two games. And then you're kind of like, well, maybe maybe they're not very good. Um, I guess all I'll say is it's very frustrating that they are close. I don't think that it's a mirage to say that, well, they've played everybody close, you know, even though they're down a couple scores of Clemson, but they came back and fought. They never gave up. Uh, but they're, they're, they're really far away. No, I think this team is very, very close. The problem, though, is they may play better after the break. I expect them to. Um, they're going to be healthier. But it just, I don't know. It just is what it is. It's its They should have beat North Carolina State. They should have not played so poorly in the second quarter against Wake Forest. And at Clemson, it just kind of was what we all thought, thought, thought it was going to be. I, I don't, this team is not bad. They're good. It's just, and they're hard to categorize, I guess. I'm kind of going around in circles a little bit. It's just, yeah. Well, I think what you're circling on is this team is what we thought they were, right? right. I think if we if we sat here in, you know, that second week of August preseason show, and you said this team's going to be four and three, uh, heading into the bye, I think anyone would have taken it. And and again, this is maybe a bit too big picture and more of what we can talk next week is about. But I think you sit back and if you realistically looked at what happened this season. I don't think anything is crazy. Like, I don't think beating LSU on what we talked about leading into the game of there's so many transfers. How will they gel? Will it work out? 
and you saw LSU shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly, you took advantage of it and you tried your damnedest to give it away. But if you can finish one yard, that's that's the game. You missed your one yard play and that would have sealed it for you right then and there. You you missed your opportunity to make a play. Um, you obviously get your chance at, at uh, Duquesne. I don't I don't count. I guess that one was first, but I don't count it. Uh, Louisville, you had your injuries and you stole the game. That's great. Like, I, I mean, I don't I think if we have told you before the season, you weren't you were going to get that game. You wouldn't be happy with it. Um, Boston College, you took care of business like you were supposed to. Wake, we knew it would be a tough game. Uh, preseason, we weren't sure if they were going to have Sam Hartman back. They did. And that felt like the nail in the coffin there. Um, but I mean, going into game week, I think if you're 4-0, you're, you're feeling like we can do this. We can do this. But if you go talk to yourself preseason, you're willing to accept that maybe you're not winning that one. And it's the same thing I wrote when they played NC State uh, on the, my little prediction, staff prediction, was just we didn't think they'd win this game. And in, in hindsight, that's the one that bothers me the most. Again, I didn't see it. But it felt like after watching, I mean, obviously you see Leary not play this week and, and what that team looked like against Syracuse. They were awful. Um, but you feel like, I feel like they're better. I just, I feel like they're better than NC State. If you, if that game was was in Tallahassee, you probably win it. Um, and then Clemson, they're just better than you. But I don't think there's anything out of the ordinary where it's like, like if you flip the results of NC State and Louisville and your quarterback got hurt and you lose to Louisville and then their quarterback gets hurt and you beat NC State, I feel like you're just like, well, okay, that is what it is. We lo- If we hadn't lost Jordan, we're four and three and things are great. We'd be five and two and things would be great. I don't think there's anything to freak out about. And I don't think, like looking particularly at this Clemson game, right, we talked a lot about can you get them off the field quickly and can you limit the rushing attack and can you get your own rushing attack going? And they had success, obviously, like we talked about in their running game. We talked about Jordan needing to run. He did successfully. I mean, the sacks lower his overall numbers, but, I mean, 14 for 64 is nothing nothing bad. He had the rushing touchdown, almost had a second one. Um, limiting their rushing attack. I mean, you gave up less than four yards a carry. I don't. I mean, Shipley had 121, but you you didn't exactly get run out to gym by their running attack. You had success throwing the ball, 250 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, 42 pass attempts, probably more than what you want, but it's a comeback effort. You know, I just I feel like you checked every box in this game, and you just you took all the things from the other games where you said we we wish we could have, we wish we should have. And they were all still there. And you did it without Fabian. You did it without important guys. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas got a touchdown, Max. Get Ja'Kai Douglas. So, I mean, you know, there are there are flashes even in the losses. But you still see the, the, the inability to make the one play catches you more against Wake, against NC State, against Clemson than it does in the other games. So, so we're kind of agreeing that the biggest thing missing because – when you look at it from last season, you saw Florida State compete with some of those those worst teams right now, like Boston College. So right now, what's keeping them at the middle distance right now between Clemson, between those different teams that we just faced, is the situational football and is what they do in the fourth order. Yeah, and it, it or or just a game breaker, man. I mean, like I think the defense is really solid, but I just don't. You haven't seen the guy to just make the play. Like, I just need a play here. Can you just make a play? They all make the play, or, or they all make a play, but they don't make the play, I guess, is maybe the way to go about it. Like, Kalen's great. You know, he's been outstanding and, and a total missing spot in a linebacking core that they've needed for years. Um, but I just – it's it's like they're just, like, every game, the one we got to have it play away. And, 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 you know, you can go – I think in this game – I. I 
was it Brian, the other Brian uh, put the was the FPI expected win probability and, and the game turns on your was it fourth and two? You know, I, I, it's it's that it's that one play. If you make that play, this is a completely different football game. And obviously, there were more plays since then. And that and that does John call, as John called it the uh, the keyword of the week, the middle eight. But if you make that one play on the fourth and two, you're not even at that point. You're, you're maybe pulling even further ahead. Right. And I mean, people are blaming Travis or blaming the coaches. I don't think either of the two are in the top, uh, you know, five reasons why Florida State's losing these games. To me, the first thing would be talent, right? Like, yeah. again, Florida State's in the middle of a rebuild and we're all upset because they didn't win one or two out of these last three who are, again, the best teams in, in the ACC. And I think the ACC Atlantic is clearly either the best or the second best division in college football this year. So there's no shame in losing to these teams, especially when two years ago you're getting blown out by four or five touchdowns by all of them. Um, or, you know, not, not North Carolina State, but certainly Wake and, and Clemson and things like that. So um, it's just – I think people are frustrated. I get it. Uh, it's just very surprising to me f- to them be more upset about this past game against Clemson than they were against North Carolina State, which was a uh, phenomenally – indescribably easier game to win in a game that they should have won. Um, but again, two years ago, you're losing the spread against Clemson was like 30 or 35 points. And now it's four or four and a half. And you fight back to a, to a one score loss. So I don't understand why people are upset. The rebuild was on track. Yes. It's not happening. Maybe it's quite as fast as, as we thought after a four, no start, or certainly as fast as, as we hoped, but that's, to be expected and normal when you really reconsider or not, not reconsider, but take a look at or take into account the actual blue chip talent level of this team, right? There's still something like 30 to 35% blue chips. You want to be 50, 55, 60%. So it's quite a ways off. And I don't, I don't blame anyone for that. Um, It's just a rebuild. It takes time. It's just going to be really slow. It's a, it's a victim of your own success. Right. right. It's being a victim. If you weren't, if you opened three and one and then you, you took one of these and you're still at four and three, you feel the same way. Like it's the same record. You're in the same spot, but because at your four and oh, people are looking around going, could be seven and oh, we can right. make a like, run. Right. You like, can. I don't think, I don't think the Clemson game matter. I don't, I want to hear what Max has to say about this, but I, in my opinion, the Clemson game didn't really matter. Yes. It's very frustrating. This last game plus, you know, the other two before it, but it didn't, it didn't matter. Like all the same goals of what we thought 75 or eight and four still on the table. I want to talk to you about the blue chippers. Cause, cause you had a lot of recruits in the Clemson game. You had a lot of recruits come to the wake forest game. How do you get those blue chippers in when they're, when they're there for the biggest games, but you lose those games and then you want to bring those five stars in to make an immediate impact. Why would they come? Money. You- well, also, <laughs> also, Brian said, what I was going to say, though, is you sell the fact that, hey, look, we're close. We're definitely better than we were last year, the year before. But we need you to get over that hump, to get over that hill, to beat a team like Clemson. We're right there. But we need you to get us over the hump. That's how you sell that. Well, and I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, you also have the program itself, right? I mean, it's right. It, 
Florida State is as a brand is sellable on its own. Uh, it's yeah. it's we've talked about it. One of the 15, 20 that brings eyeballs. This game had no business being the ABC primetime game, but because Florida State is the brand, it is, right? I mean, technically the better matchup in that window was like number 17 Mississippi State against like number 15 Kentucky. That would have been, quote unquote, the better game. Um, but you're Florida State at home and you got this game. You get to play in primetime. You got the LSU game in primetime to start the year. Like it, it – Sure, bringing them for the games is important and their attendance and, and seeing a win is important. But, you know, I think just as much the running on the field, goosebumps and the, the crowd and, and that sort of stuff brings it in. I mean, you're not going to it's not going to be the, the game result that ends up swaying too many kids. Now, I could see a lot of kids being like clubs and wins got to go there. But at the end of the day, if Dabo's a weirdo, he's a weirdo. <laughs> he is a weirdo, by the way. Well, he is. Yeah, I put that game on. I was flipping back and forth between LSU, Florida, on the and uh, FSU, Clemson on the big screen. And when I flipped over to uh, FSU at the end, they showed a shot of Dabo. My wife just turns, looks at TV, and goes, "I hate that guy." And just like walked out of the room. That was just like her only contribution. I was like, "Great, yeah. thanks." Well, she was spot on. So spot on. Yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. I mean, John, I, you know, the the blue chip is kind of your thing, but I think, I mean, look at what Dion's done with with Jackson state, right. I mean, pulling Travis Hunter obviously was a, was a money deal, but I know I just used the, the bad word, but you know, I mean, I think when, when Dion Sanders is going to come recruit your son, parents are opening the door, you know? And I think if there's kids, families in Georgia, Alabama, Florida, I'm sure there's plenty in Texas and elsewhere across the country. When a dude shows up with the Florida state logo on, that's like, Hey, that's for Dion. That's, that's Bobby. That's, you know, you, you, you are, Parents are opening the doors. I mean, so first of all, I think Dion's thing will get nuked to hell by wear, the NCAA. Well, no, I mean, maybe, but it's going to wear thin. It's already wearing thin in other coaches at that level. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was that one coach who pushed him away at the end. It to me, and look, this is just my opinion. Okay, I think Dion is only for Dion, not actually for the program or anything he's actually a part of. He's sure. for himself and promoting himself. That's my opinion. Uh, I know I'm not the only one that 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 thinks that. I'm just going to say it. Um, so I think it would be ridiculous for Florida State to hire him. I think, in terms of what you're talking about, the hire that you could argue that Florida State should have made was Lane Kiffin. However, I do believe in in Mike Norvell. I think Mindervell is a good coach. I just think that people after 4-0 start got ahead of themselves thinking that um, this program was further along than they thought. Yes, they should have won one of the last three. They they nearly did. They should have. They should be 5-2. They're not. So they, they have a little bit of bad luck. Um, their record is a little bit worse than the quality of their play. But again, there are legitimate concerns that they go long stretches of just being Big bad. I mean, they had the entire meltdown in the second half against North Carolina State. They should have won that game. Um, and they played Clemson outside of eight minutes, or really, you could say two and a half minutes. Or three like minutes. Maybe the first minute of the second half, really. Right. They played them toe-to-toe. And Clemson is legitimately probably the fourth or fifth best, maybe sixth best team in the country. So eh, it's just it sucks. It sucks to be so close to be right there and then not make any of those plays that you need to make to win any of these top 15, top 20 games. Um, but I, again, like I said earlier, I don't think that game really mattered. I haven't changed my, uh, what is, I don't know, prognosis or my <laughs> prediction for the rest of the season. I know we're going to get to that in a second, 
Uh, I think this team's going to be fine. There's still the rebuild is right on track, and it just doesn't bother me. To be clear, I wasn't. I wasn't. I made it seem like John. John's response to my my statement made it seem like maybe I made it seem this way, but I did not mean to fire Norvell and bring in Deion Sanders. Nor that Blaine <laughs> Kiffin would have been better. It was more just even these guys. Like you know, I mean, why are kids going to Ole Miss? Why are kids going to Mississippi State? Have you been to Starkville? Have you been to Oxford? Have you been to Fayetteville? I mean, you know, why are why are kids going to Tuscaloosa? You know, I mean, there's there's a thousand different reasons, and um, you know. It's where a kid feels at home. 16, 17-year-old kid, where what's his spot? That was more more the point. You never know what, what's going through their head. Maybe the Dodge Charger is enough to bring him to Tuscaloosa. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that, that game's over at this point. I mean, look at Jimbo just brought in the greatest class ever. You've been to College Station? You've been there? You don't want to go there. You know what, though? I'll, I got to say this. Tennessee hasn't been good in, in 20 years. Congratulations to them. This is going to inflate their ego to astronomical proportions. I don't care. They deserve it. The atmosphere last uh, on Saturday night was just absolutely tremendous in Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, good for them. I'm happy for them. Um, also, I think having a quarterback like that makes all the difference in the world because Tennessee is nowhere, nowhere near as talented as Alabama. Uh, probably also nowhere near as well coached. But you wouldn't have a guy like Hendon Hooker. And again, I think Travis is a pretty good quarterback. That's uh, the great equalizer, as they say. So congratulations to the volunteers. Uh, they're probably going to crash and burn. College football is the best. I love this sport. Thank you. Well, it was wonderful. And, I, and I'll, get, I'll get ahead of it and say, instead of the Tennessee losing to uh, to Georgia, which it seems like everyone's thinking, Kentucky, the week before that, maybe keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, but, but quickly, too, on that. Uh, one thing I did I did think watching that game uh, between Hendon Hooker, Jameer Gibbs, who were the two best players on the field when either side had the ball. Well, I guess Bryce Young, but just yeah, um, those are two those are two guys who were in the ACC last year. I mean, or two years ago, I guess with Hooker. But I mean, those it, it sure felt like the uh, the SEC had used the ACC as like a farm system. I, I think I, I watched that going, man. You got to make sure you keep your own guys in house. Uh, but to reel it back to FSU here, and, and I feel like we've ventured off, and Max, I'll come back to you on this one, because I, I feel like we circled around it, right? The the You're four and three through seven weeks, which I don't think is anything really all that bad. You've got five games still ahead of you. Uh, bowl eligibility was the bare minimum for this year, and I think with what you have ahead of you, that has to be certainly attainable. Um but I think we talked about eight, right? We talked about seven or eight was was what I think the that window where we were looking at, and that's certainly there. Um, when you look at what's ahead of you, it's it's the bye week this week, which I think comes at a great time. I think you would have maybe maybe preferred it two weeks ago, um, but obviously it, it, if you had gotten it, I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference for a guy like Fabian who was still out anyway. Um, so hopefully this is a chance to make sure Jordan's fully right, make sure Fabian's right. Uh, and load up the rest of this team. If you come out of this break fully healthy, like you started the year, um, and Max, I'll go to you first on it. I think the break comes at a good time, and, and you go Georgia Tech. You've got at Miami and at Syracuse, who are obviously, the, I think, the two big, big best. I was going to call them biggest, but I don't, I don't think Syracuse is big. Uh, the two best teams left on your schedule, Miami is unranked, but Syracuse is 14th, and Miami seems to be figuring it out. It's a road rivalry game. I don't think there's anything to discredit there. Uh, and then you've got your UL and then Florida. Uh, to close out the year. So, I mean, Max, you, I'm sure you're still circling eight. And honestly, I, I could I could buy nine, which I wouldn't have bought before the year. 
I can't buy nine anymore from what I've seen, even though there's been injuries, I can't buy nine anymore. I just, I, I think five in a row is a lot. And I, I mean, a road game in Syracuse, I didn't think I was going to say that, but a road game in Syracuse right now is looking tough. It was the week before that, you're going to Miami. So I think another one is in the corner. That's what I was kind of looking at the schedule after the Clemson game. Where is the next loss? Because I, I know I'm being pessimistic, but I think another one is coming and I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious to see or trying to see where they're going to, they're going to fall down again. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I like them beating Syracuse more than I do Miami. I don't. I thought Syracuse looked bad against NC State. I, I uh, NC State on a backup I, slash third string quarterback, I wasn't impressed with it. They keep going to that ground attack. I think if Fabian's healthy, you can... Uh, do a better job of slowing that down. If Jordan and the offense figures it out over the bye versus Georgia Tech, I feel better about it. Um, I, I don't think – I'm with you. I don't – if I've got to be right, I'm not giving you five and up. But I think it's on the table. I think it's possible. I think I think what has me not, – not scared, but like what puts me at Syracuse over Miami is that even though Miami has a chip on their shoulder to beat Florida State right now and to beat them from last year, what they did to them – it's just Syracuse's run attack with Sean Tucker and, and Garrett Schrader because I just keep saying it every week. I hate when a team just keeps running at another team and they, they just cannot stop them. I guess in the past game, if you get a couple of like like good plays down the field, eight yards, then you got like a 14-yarder, it's fine because it just happens with the pass game. It happens with the corners. But when you have running like that against Syracuse, I think it's going to be hard for FSU to stop. John, you get to split the tie, man. Um, He's going to choose Florida or something. You know, man, oh it's U- UL has me the most. <laughs> no. uh, look, Syracuse is going to be the closest game. I still think Florida State is going to be favored in every game from here on out. They're probably not going to win every single one, but even if they go four and one in the last five. Go ahead, Matt. Do we have any concern for that Florida game? Yes. Well, it's a rivalry I mean, game. Yes. Yeah, you always have concern, but I think Florida State's going to be favored. But yeah, uh, but it seems can... like it seems like we're just like, like it's Miami, it's Syracuse, and then they should definitely be Florida. Well, I mean, I just no. watched the, the entire Florida game yesterday because LSU played them, so I was absolutely locked in on it. And that defense is bad. I mean, they made LSU look. LSU had six straight drives that ended touchdowns, and the first drive that stopped it was a, a phantom replay review that took a 30 30 yard reception off the board otherwise LSU would have had first and 10 at like Florida's 30 
LSU literally would have gone seven for seven on drives and finishing with touchdowns. Their, I didn't, third, I didn't their, third down, their third down defense, I think, is the the worst in the country. It's like I didn't a realize fifty percent conversion rate because I've seen I've seen a Florida game earlier and I thought their offense was the issue because I think they only had like like one surefire target earlier in the season, which was the Arizona State wide receiver that came over there this summer. But then their their defense, all I saw was Ventro. I think his name was like Ventro Miller or something, a linebacker. They have decent safeties. I thought their offense was going to be the biggest well, weakness. I mean, I'm I'm comfortable saying that Florida State is a better team than either of their two rivals. Uh, but do they win? Can't really say either way, right? Because it's they're again, like Brian said, they're rivalry games. Uh, that's just how they go. But I, I'm uh, expecting. I think the Nolcast had kind of tweeted out something about this. I'm expecting Florida State to be a small favorite against Syracuse or kind of a pickup game. Either way, uh, I know everyone's nervous about the Syracuse games. That is the most losable game I think left on the schedule. I think Florida State will be favored in every game, except for maybe the Syracuse game, but they might be favored in that game anyway. So you're talking about being favored in five games. Yeah, you'll probably lose one of them because that's just how it goes. So to me, it's eight and four and then seven and five and then nine and three in terms of possibility. Uh, although they certainly could run the table, I think the team is talented enough. But when you see it, you know, a quarter, half, half, or, you know, if you want to say that first half against Wake, the second half against North Carolina State, and then the middle eight minutes against Clemson. There, uh, the point though is there's long stretches of very poor play. They've been poor situationally all year long, except for the LSU game, uh, which again they were the healthiest they've been all year. Uh, it's just unfortunate how it goes. But again, you have you have a bye week. You basically get two weeks to get healthy. You're going to get Favian Love back. You're probably going to get Treshawn Ward back. So I expect this to be not just a different team, but obviously certainly a better team than what we've seen for the last three weeks. It's just very unfortunate they didn't take one of these when they obviously should have. Uh, but that's college football, right? That's how it goes. Again, I don't think it changes anything about Florida State's prospects. Whether you win eight or seven, right? I think those two are pretty much locked. I don't think you're going to win less than seven games. Hopefully you win nine. But again, you're, you're looking at eight or seven. That is still tremendous improvement from last season. Even if you go seven and five, that's still much better than five and seven last year. So anyone who's upset with, with Norvell, how can you be? The progress is still there. They're clearly, clearly better than last year and monumentally better than, than two, two seasons ago uh, in Norvell's first year. So I don't know what people are complaining about. Again, my concern is the recruiting I know he's relied heavily on the transfer portal. You want to use, again, going all the way back to Max's original question, you want to use a lot of games like this and showing that you're close, but you need that, that blue star kid, that blue chip kid to, to help get you over the hump, to get you into 50, 55, 60% blue chip range so you can start winning these games. Uh, my concern is that maybe Norvell under, under here and, and the staff and they're not recruiting well enough, this, this rebuild may stall. Well, I think they're going to stall if they do is something like eight and four, nine and three, not six and six, five and seven. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's no reason for anyone to be upset about anything this year. There's concern. Yes. If, if there's regression or the rebuild stalls, of course, let's talk about it. But as of now, anyone who's upset about Norvell, I did see something on Twitter, which again, Twitter is not real life, but there was some sort of like, quote unquote like referendum on on Mike Norvell after the Clemson game, which again to me is absolutely insane. Number one, just for everything we talked about. 
but also because if you're going to have one of those, you would have done it after North Carolina State and not against Clemson because that's just stupid. Yeah. yeah. I, I, go ahead, Max. Well, before the season, we were looking at – I think a lot of us were looking at bowl eligibility. Right now with the four games at the start of the season, we're looking at – I mean, at least I am looking at a bowl win. I'm not looking at a bowl eligibility anymore. I honestly don't care who you play. I think you have to win the bowl game this year to just keep improving on that. And then going back to the schedule of how Florida State can keep improving throughout the season, getting Trayshawn back, getting Fabian back, just I don't know how much better it would be for both teams, but Miami's going to play a, a weaker schedule before they play Florida State. They're going to play Duke, and they're going to play Virginia before they play Florida State. And then Syracuse has played a pretty weak schedule before this NC State game. And then now they're hitting Clemson, Notre Dame, and Pittsburgh before they hit Florida State. So those are two different things that Miami's Miami can can catch fire before they hit them, and then Syracuse is probably not going to, and probably going to be down. I agree. I think they're bad. Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good observation, man. I mean, Syracuse was facing their own tough three game stretch before they played Florida State. If if Florida State plays them after that that three game stretch you just listed, that's four straight games that are. Pretty brutal. They may lose one to all four of those. I mean, they were underdogs at home this week, even against NC State's backups. So, like, you know, odds makers don't buy them. Uh, You know, I mean, and even undefeated now, they're still 14th or 16th. Like, no one's really buying Syracuse, and I don't think they have – you know, they've stolen a couple of those games. It's almost like what Kansas was, right? It's like, yeah, you're doing it, but you're going to – it's, you know – there's always this team in mid-October. Can you keep it going? And then we're about right. to find out, can they keep it going? And yeah. look, that doesn't mean they don't end the year at eight and whatever, but that's the same. And then you end up the same as them. I think you're probably right. in the better than them, which, well, you know, is not, not a problem. Right. They're definitely a good team. Absolutely, they're a good team. But Florida State is also a good team. It's just, again, the schedule broke the way that it broke. You end up being four and three instead of, you know, five and two. Or, you know, if the schedule comes out a little differently, maybe you end up being, you know, six in in and two or something and with nc state on deck right it's just that's just how it goes it's not again there's no real reason to you're not competing for acc championships this year that wasn't ever that wasn't ever the goal it did become that after four and oh and that was fun but that wasn't really the stretch and we knew we were going to find out what this team was over those last three games and this is what we've done right they're a good solid team they're just not a very good team uh, if you want to call them above average instead of good, I think that's arguable and that's fair. But they're good. They're right there. They're competitive with top 15, top 10 teams. So I expect them to do very well the rest of the season with Miami being down and UF, again, not being very impressive uh, after all, which is kind of surprising. But it is what it is. And, again, I think Florida State is going to be fine. So people freaking out after because you lost three in a row, who cares? If, if, you're, if you're if you're sitting next to your friend and you're hanging out next Saturday next Saturday and your friend is talking about how Florida State sucks we lost three in a row, tell them they're wrong. Tell them they're wrong. This team is fine. Is you're being ridiculous. Everything is okay. You're wrong. Yes, just say <laughs> that to your friends at all times. Nothing bad could ever happen. <laughs> um, my my last two cents and the rest of the schedule. We can get out of here, but. I, I do think you're favorite against Georgia Tech. I think you're probably an underdog against Miami. I, I think it's like minus two and a half just because you're on the road. I think FPI probably favors you. 
I don't think odds makers will. I think you probably in that situation end up favored in Syracuse. Obviously, you're favored against UL. And then my, my final two cents on Florida. I pulled it up. I have the number in front of me. I uh, I briefly mentioned it, and maybe you can you can see how close I was. But uh, would you like to guess their third down conversion rate on defense? Florida, Florida's defense, third down that what they're allowing on third down. And they played LSU. They this um, is against all this is all six of their games. Oh, all six, seven, all seven of their games. The conversion, the defensive conversion rate, uh, all seven of their games. I'm going to go 65%. Jesus Christ, John. Was I right? You broke the slate. It was like 52. Uh, I was yeah. close, though. 52. It the wrong it's, it's the worst in the country. 52%. 52% is the worst in the country? The worst Jeez. allowed conversion rate in the country. 52%. Oh the next closest is Colorado at 51, then Oregon at 50, Bowling Green at 50. No one else over 50. You know what happens with me throwing out 65% is I played too much NCAA football when I was a kid. That's how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so we're all on the same Well, and, and look, to even make it more fun, if you cut it to just Power 5 teams, it's 50, they're allowing 55%. And they're still 110th in the country. Like their defense is bad. Like it's, it's a really bad defense. So, I mean, yes, the offense isn't great. Uh, they were pretty sluggish yesterday. It's basically – can Anthony Richardson make a play? But that defense is bad. Not great. Um, but, you know, I mean, like John said, you're wrong. That's what I should have said when he said 65. That was my bad. We I should just the- start. We should start every podcast with that. You're wrong. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Wait, well, well, I don't think any of us were wrong. We all said Clemson last week, minus three and a half. So how do you feel? Do we win against the bye week or loss or? Did you just ask if we were going to lose this week on the bye week? Yeah, win or loss in the bye week. Thoughts, we're, John? We're going to win. We're going to get healthier. Yeah. <laughs> well, so apparently some of Twitter would say that that's a loss for us. More time right. to think. More time let, to think. Let me throw this out here, right? Because we're, we're going to wrap this up. Let me throw this out here. Max, five games left. What's Florida State's record in the next five games? In the next five games are four and one. Four and one. Brian. Man, I really think it's four and one. I really think it's four and one. I, I wanted to go three and two just because logic tells me three and two. I think they're better than Syracuse. I know they're better than Georgia Tech and UL. I still think they're beating Florida at home. Yeah, it's got to be four and one. Yeah, I'm going to go four and one too. It's they're going to finish eight and four. Yeah, they're going to finish eight and one. They're going to get a bowl game, and then we're going to see what they do in the bowl game. Yeah, and I think all, all three of us would have sat here at the beginning of the season and taken eight and four to the bank. Yeah, I, I I look. I don't remember honestly what you guys had preseason. I know I said seven and five. If they yeah. win eight games, if they go four and one the rest of the stretch and win eight and, and win eight games of the regular season, I, I that's an absolute win for me. I who cares what happened last three games? You the the progress to go from five and seven to eight and four is just absolutely ridiculous. No matter what happens in the bowl game. Uh, I, I just wrote it. What do you have, Max? I said seven to five two before the season, but yeah. just like I said before, like I need that bowl win. I need a bowl oh yeah, win. bowl wins always nice. You know what I care more about than the bowl win actually is the practices that come with the bowl uh, bowl game. I don't care whether they win or lose that game. I just want them to. I mean, obviously you want to win, 
But I think the practices, which they haven't had in years at this point, are so important to a growing team. I just want the extra practices, man. Uh, I gave them seven and five, said one bounce could easily make it eight and four. And I scrolled down to the bottom to see what my win share totals, win share probability was. I gave them 7.88. It's not bad. I basically said seven, basically eight, really. But I predicted seven and five. Spot on. Yeah. yeah, I mean they are where you're, they are where you were supposed to be. Granted, right. if granted if you go four and one and you're lost to Miami, if you're lost down the stretches Miami, you're probably like shit. We lost to I, shit. Sorry, there it is. Uh, <laughs> Wake, Wake Forest, you lost to Clemson, you lost to NC State, and you lose to Miami. You probably aren't happy with it. I guess you beat Florida. That's all you need, right? Yeah. Well, if they beat NC State, we are talking about nine wins. Just so everyone understands. That's what we're, we would be sitting here doing is talking about nine wins. Well, I would tell you should have down the stretch for that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know what? Just get <laughs> get, get out. Shit get out. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because or, and this is a good team. They're just very frustrating. They're mi- I don't know what it is. They're just missing a couple pieces, or maybe it's the culture. Maybe they don't they don't know how to win against top top fifteen teams. Whatever it is, we'll find out. But I think over the long run, they're going to be okay. Again, whether or not the you know long-term prognosis, whether they stall in the rebuild or in the rebuild or they keep going, it remains to be seen. But for now, I think they're totally fine. The rebuild is on track. This is a fun team. Let's just enjoy it. Go eight and four. Let's go have fun at a bowl game and let's just get out of here, right? Let's wrap it up, hit a good successful recruiting trail, and let's move on to next year, right? That's it. Just get healthy, take care of business down the stretch here. Let's get to seven, let's get to eight, and let's get out of here. Right. Uh, I think that's it, right? I think that covers it. But uh, yeah, all right, cool. And the one's got anything else to say, then yeah, that's it. A- another loss. What a jovial way to end another loss podcast. I guess it's much better than last week when the three of us sat around and said, they're going to lose. You know, I think we're all very optimistic for the future. Take your week off. Enjoy next weekend. Come back next sun- next Monday. Check out the pod again where we get to tell you uh, hopefully some fun stuff. I think we're going to try and come up with some fun up ideas for the bye week to get something interesting for you to look ahead of the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, a good little chance to take a week, go to your friend's wedding or whatever it is and uh, tell them not to schedule a fall wedding next year or the next time they get married because clearly their planning isn't going to keep this one going. But uh, for Brian, John, and Max, that's a wrap. 